Ecclesiastes 9, Ecclesiastes 9 in verse 11. Solomon's words here, he says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for the few moments uh, as we look into your word here. Our prayer and our desire for the next few moments is that you would remove all distractions uh, that are that tend to come and cloud our minds and we think about what's going on after the service and plans we have next week and things that we have to do. But for the next few moments, we'd ask that you clear our thoughts and our minds from all those things. Have us focus on what, you, what you're looking for us to get tonight. May we be open and receptive to your word and to you speaking to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. We're doing a series. It's been a few weeks since I've done it on the seven wonders. Seven Wonders. I won't spend too much time talking about it, but this is the uh, pamphlet. We had it for many years. A wonderful evangelistic tool. Seven of life's most basic questions. And you should, as a Bible believer, as a Christian, it shouldn't be long before you have an answer to each and every one of these questions. And not just a little answer. Not just a surfacey answer. Real, deep thoughtful answers. Every Christian ought to. There's a world outside these doors that is dying for the answers to these questions. Some of them know it. Some don't even know it. But if all we have is real surfacey answers, that's, that's not going to do them a whole lot of good. Okay, we have opportunity to look at some of these things. Uh, wonderful, the ones that we've done so far is, why do I exist? Does life have any real significance? Is there a God? And if so, what is he up to? Am I unique was the last one. Do I have any real value? Tonight's is, why is life so unfair? And why do bad experiences happen to me? Next one will be, why do I feel so alone? Next one, I don't, why don't I do what I know I should? My actions tend to betray my intentions. And lastly, is there life after death? What about my future? Where will I go when I die? Basic questions. Basic questions. But again, people really need the answers to these. To these. these booklets are available out in the foyer if you're interested in having one. Tonight, why is life so unfair? Why do bad things happen to me? Well, Solomon says here that, you know, he sees people, you know, the strong don't always win the battle. He says... The race isn't always won by the person who's the fastest. He gives a lot of these examples about life is not really fair all the time. Solomon, the book of Ecclesiastes, he's writing this after a long-lived life. He's coming to the end. So he's gotten to look back at what he's observed all these years, and that's what he says. You know, life is pretty unfair, pretty unfair. It often seems like we've all been given some random cards. I mean, think about everybody in this room, all in different circumstances. It, all, it just seems like we've all just been randomly given out what we've been given. Now we know that it's by God's design that you are who you are. If you listen to the last sermon uh, on this topic, um, am I unique and do I have any real value? We covered all those things. If you're interested in hearing any one of those, you can find them on our website, YouTube, Facebook, 
uh, and you can go back and listen to them. Uh, but it often seems like we're all just, you know, by random chance, given different gifts and abilities and looks and height and, hmm, it's pretty amazing. When did you learn that life was unfair? When did you learn that? Probably, probably as a little child, as a little kid. I can think back to certain events and think, man, that's just not really fair. Maybe you're walking by with a, you go to a fair and you're walking and you got a balloon in your hand. And man, you're proud of that big red balloon. It's like your best friend. And somehow it ends up slipping out of your hands. Maybe your brother bumps you. It's always the brother's fault. The brother bumps you and you let go of it. And that thing looks like it gets a thousand feet up into the sky and it's gone. We've all probably experienced that type of feeling. Or maybe you go in, as a child, you got an ice cream cone. Woo! Man, what a treat. And you begin to walk away with that ice cream cone. (laughs) And the ice cream falls right off the top of that cone, right down into the dirt. It's over. We've all experienced some things in life where we would say, life is unfair. Why'd that happen to me? That shouldn't have happened. I don't deserve this, or all the thoughts that go through our mind. There are some on a maybe a bigger scale, a little bit bigger scale. I was thinking, uh, Pastor Todd and I, a couple months ago, we uh, someone had us out to a you know real nice place to play golf, and while we were playing, I looked over and saw some folks doing some yard work, maintenance on the golf course. You know these folks, they look like you know, they probably weren't from this country and, you know, looked like they were giving it their all, hard workers, doing the best job. And I stopped, Todd, because I had a thought. I should say God probably put the thought in my mind. Was why are we sitting here in the golf cart and they're out there working? I mean, really. I mean, some of those folks, some of those folks would are never going to experience what we're out there for. Oh, another one goes in the water. At least that's me. But we're out here enjoying, you know, something fabulous and awesome. And there's people just, you know, 20 yards from me that probably will never get to experience that. Why? Hmm. Why is that? Why is life so unfair? We can ramp it up even more. Children growing up without dads. Children whose, you know, father died before they were born or shortly after they were born never knew their dad. Why is that fair? Why is it fair that they didn't have a dad, but I do? Sometimes we feel, maybe you feel, like the cards are all stacked up against you. That the house is winning every time. You're getting nothing. Some more examples. Divorce. Some of you, waited for the right person to come along. You waited and did things God's way. And through a bad set of circumstances, maybe your spouse was unfaithful, left, divorced you, took off. And you think, why is this happening to me? I'm just trying to do what's right. Why is life so unfair to me? Hmm. Kids are torn apart. Mom and dad battle it out. 
week after week, terrible divorces that I've seen with my own eyes. They use the kids as a weapon. Terrible. Kids have to grow up with families like that. It's horrible. Why is it that I got to experience a mom and dad who loved me? A mom and dad who split up for a little while and got back together. My parents actually got divorced and remarried when I was, when I was a young age, at a young age. I think I was probably about four years old, and I'm so thankful that they did. Why do I get to experience my, my mom and dad reuniting again and get to grow up, have a fabulous you know, childhood? Really, we'll say it like this, really the way, the way God intended it. Now, I know there's different circumstances. Sometimes parents die. Again, why is life so unfair? Why? Why aren't we all just given the same thing? Hmm. We'll find out. I look on TV, and the commercials that I hate to see the most are the ones from, like, St. Jude Hospital. You know what I'm talking about. Kids with with totally bald heads in hospital beds. Why? Why is that their kid and it's not my kid? It's tough to swallow some of those questions. Maybe you lose a job that you were dependent on. Maybe you try to try to make all the right moves financially, but you still end up broke at the end of each month. Maybe you are working hard on your job, one day looking to move up the ladder, become the boss instead of just the employee. But that lazy, go, no good, loafing guy that works with you ends up getting the promotion instead of you when you rightfully deserved it. Folks, life is not always fair. Wish it was, but it's not. What about the death of a loved one? I was on my social media, one of my social media accounts, and I was scrolling through just this last week, and I saw a post about the earthquake over in Turkey. And it was a picture, a side-by-side picture. It had a a dad, probably in his 30s or so, a dad and his little daughter, probably about nine years old. And they were, this picture was they were smiling. They were both at, it looked like some historical place that they were at where they had taken a picture together. And then the picture that was right next to it was the collapsed building and his daughter's little hand sticking out is all you could see. And, you know, he was holding, he was sitting there holding his daughter's hand as she, of course, was deceased. I'm sure he's sitting over there thinking, why? life's not fair. It's easy to think about, ah, it's just a little balloon. 
just a little ice cream that falls on the ground that can be replaced with a couple bucks. But when it's the things in life that really matter, it's a lot easy, it's a lot harder to get over than those minor things. People out there are hurting, wondering why is life so unfair? We have terrorist attacks, seems like they pop up on the news so often. We have school shootings, terrible atrocities that happen where parents send their kids off to school and they don't come home. Why do bad people keep seeming, uh, seem, it seems like they keep getting away with doing evil? Why? Jesus said, he maketh the son to rise, the father, maketh the son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. I don't understand all that. I don't understand. Maybe when we get to the other side, we're going to know. Maybe we'll get that revealed to us about why things work out the way they do. Why doesn't God punish sin the way we think it should be punished, when we think it should be punished, how we think it should be punished? But I trust From what I know about God in God's word, I trust that God's got this whole thing in control. He's not doing anything that's wrong. He's not doing anything that's unjust. He's not doing anything that's wicked or evil. He's good all the time, every day, every moment, in every situation. And we got to trust him for it. Why is life so unfair? Well, the simple answer to that is there is a universal problem of sin. If it all boils down, every horrible thing that I just talked to you about, heavy thing that we just talked about, can all be boiled down to sin. Sin is the problem. When somebody asks you, why do bad things happen? Sin. That's why. There's a universal problem of sin. Romans 8.22 says, And we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Creation is under judgment. We are under the curse. People often think this is the land of the living when in fact it is not. This is the land of the dead. We are in the land of the dead. Those of us that have been born again, Christ is our Savior. Our spirits have been quickened and made alive. We've been made to see. We once were blind, but now we see. And wow, we can see the situation of this whole world. As we look at maybe Adam's sin, one command they were given, just one, and yet he ruined it. By the way, I did say Adam's sin. It was Adam's fault. Yeah, Eve did wrong, but Adam was the one who was responsible because he was the head of the household. Adam's sin. I think Bob Jones Sr., he was the one who said, The sin of Adam, the sin of Adam was not the sin of just disobeying like that, but it was the sin of trying to live independently from God. Which when we boil it down, every sin is us trying to live independently from the will of God. Everything. And from that one sin, the result of that, was Genesis 2.17 says, In the day 
that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, did they die that day? They did. Trick question. In a sense, they died spiritually. There was a separation between God and man. And from that moment on till today, mankind, except through Jesus Christ, has been separated has been separated because of sin. They died spiritually that day, and eventually they were going to die physically as well. It was a domino effect. One thing set in motion another thing after another, after another, after another. So today we have death. We have death. We have disease. We have sadness. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin Uh, As by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. You and I are sinners tonight. I know I'm preaching to a home crowd, but we're sinners tonight because we've inherited it from our father Adam. Adam. Because of that, we experience death, not just for ourselves, but how about for our loved ones, the people around us who we care about? How about our friends? We come down and we have a memorial service down here. And we have to, you know, we say a few words, think about them, remember them. And ultimately, if they're a child of God, we know we're going to see them again. Praise God. But that separation was never supposed to happen. Do you understand that? That's not the way that God wanted it to be. Man messed that up and ruined it. Think about Adam and Eve. I wonder if in that moment, now they they didn't think it through. I mean, how many of us before we sin, we actually think it through? Because if we actually sat back and we thought about our sin and what was going to happen, the results and the consequences of it, we probably wouldn't follow through with it. Adam and Eve, somehow in a weak moment, tempted of the devil, did not think the whole situation through. They did not probably understand that everything we mentioned earlier about the horrific things that happen on a regular basis and life being unfair to people and people dying and uh, children being without fathers and divorce and unjustness in the world, they didn't see it at that moment. Hmm. They had to experience it firsthand, though. As I was studying for this, I heard one commentator, he made the statement and said, Adam and Eve were the ones that experienced the first death. Now, I knew that. I just hadn't really thought about it before. When we think about the story of Cain and Abel, we generally focus all on Cain and Abel, don't we? I mean, I do. Generally focus on Cain and Abel. But Adam and Eve had one son who was murdered, and the other son got banished. And Adam and Eve had to go through and experience that. You say, well, that's unfair. All they did was do one little thing. It was enough to set in motion all the horrific things that have taken place from then until now. Universal problem of sin. By the way, God doesn't take pleasure in bad things happening. He's not up there. Some, some heathen folks have the idea that God's sitting up there in heaven and that he's just having a good time looking down on the world, suffering. 
because they've turned against him. No, no, he is not up there doing that. Limitations 3.33 says, For he doth not afflict willingly nor grieve the children of men. He's not running around waiting for us to mess up so he can just knock us on the head. He loves you. He loves me. He wants a relationship with you if he doesn't have one. And he wants to enrich the relationship that you do have with him. He wants to. Although God doesn't take pleasure in bad things happening, or maybe even in judgment, I would say, he must administer it because he's a holy and he's a just God. He's got to do it. A few verses before it says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They were new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. People often say, skeptics and scoffers, they're quick to say, well, if God is so good, why does he send people to hell? We've all heard that from one person or from another. Really, God doesn't send people to hell. People choose to go there. There's going to be nobody that stands before God when this life is over and is going to be able to say that it was God's fault they are going to hell. Sounds like my... Sounds like my son when he gets in trouble. There was a, f- a few months ago, I remember there was, there was something that he did and he had to be disciplined for it. And I brought him you know, into the other room and I said, well, why are you getting disciplined right now? He says, well, because of this. Whose fault is it that you're getting disciplined? It's your fault. <laughs> I mean, I said, no, 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 no. We had a teaching moment. People try to do that with God. It's your fault. No. I'm sure he kind of laughs at that in our humanity, thinking that that makes sense, just like a father kind of chuckles at his son. I mean, I had to hold it in when he said that. I mean, I had to hold it in. You know, can't, can't break the straight face during those moments. Wow. Those same individuals maybe who make who, who uh, state that previous question, often state this one, if God is good, why did he have the Israelites kill all those people in the Old Testament? That's right. <laughs> they were wicked people. They weren't just sitting there living peaceably, you know, trying to you know, live their best life, not causing it. They, they were horrible, wicked people that were in the land of Canaan at that time. I mean, horrible. We're talking about human sacrifice, horrible. We're talking about taking an innocent newborn baby, laying it on the altar of Molech while it's red hot and burning their own children to death. Wicked, wicked, and that's just the tip of the spear. Wicked people. God could have judged, by the way, God could have judged those people anyway. He wanted to. Anyway. But, I mean, it could have been one disease. Could have judged it, but he chose to use God's people. God was right in what he did. And by the way, the Israelites didn't even actually do all that God told them to do. See all the problems that, you know, David and the rest of the kings had because after Joshua generally conquered the land, the rest of the Israelites didn't follow through on it. But God was 100% holy and righteous in his decision and what he did. Why do bad things happen? Well, sin. 
How about this? Why do bad things, this is maybe a more difficult question, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? Some have the idea that because I do everything right, that somehow my life is going to go smooth and things are going to work out. Some have the idea, and I've talked with them, we've got folks you know, that come here on a regular basis, are deceived thinking, well, I'm just going to live for God and my life is going to be smooth. I'm going to come to church, my marriage is going to get healed. doesn't work that way, necessarily. That I'm going to start tithing, that I'm going to start serving, and everything's going to work out great because I'm doing my part. And that means God's going to hold up his end and make everything nice for me. No, that's what we would call health and wealth. That's not true, that's not the way it works. Why? Well, we've been forgiven of our past, our present, and our future sins. Absolutely. We're not like the Catholics who believe if you sin and you don't confess it, you don't confess it before you die, then you, you know, end up in hell or purgatory or something along those lines. You're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off and you say a bad word and go into a telephone pole and die, I guess. You're going down to the bad place. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. We've been forgiven as children of God of our past, present, and future sins. We've also been given eternal life, but even though we've escaped the ultimate penalty of sin, we still are under the, ooh, the curse. We are still under the curse. Someday we're going to be delivered, thank God. Time permits, later on in the sermon, we're going to talk about that a little bit. But we are still under the curse at the moment. Think about these Bible characters who did right but suffered unjustly. Jacob worked for seven years for the love of his life. Woo, man, I'm sure as, you know, the months were closing in on that wedding date, he was real excited. He goes and, you know, maybe watches her walk down the aisle. Excellent. After it's all said and done, what? He held up his end of the bargain. Seven years, and he got the wrong sister. I mean, terrible. I mean, it's funny to chuckle at, but imagine being in his shoes. It's not fair. It's not right. I did my part. I did what was right, and something bad happened to me. Yeah, it happens. Moses led God's people out of Israel, was one of, if not the greatest leader that the Israelites ever had. Wonderful, godly man. All he did was want to do God's will, and the people hated him. They murmured against him. They complained against him. They even got to one place where they said, let's get a new leader. Forget Moses. That's pretty bad. Moses was just trying to do what was right. Hannah, in the book of 1 Samuel, was a good, prayerful wife. But she couldn't get pregnant and she was harassed about it because she wasn't able to. David had to run for his life. Again, a man just trying to do God's will. Had to run for his life from an evil king who was jealous of him and jealous of God's plan for that man's ministry. Had to run for his life for years. It was unjust. Naboth, Israelite, had a nice vineyard, wanted to keep it, 
What's wrong with that? But Ahab wanted it. Jezebel made it happen. Sent the letter, falsely lied about him, had him murdered, stoned to death, and his vineyard was taken from him. How's that fair? He was just trying to do what was right. Probably anybody in here would have made the same choice. But it doesn't seem like it's fair. Daniel, he was praying to God, which is a God-given right. But he was thrown into the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just trying to honor God. And they're faced with the fiery furnace. And if anybody knows about life being unfair, it's Jesus Christ. He didn't deserve anything that came to him. The mocking, the ridicule, the scorn. The fact that he had spent a few years and had 12 close friends and one of his friends stabbed him in the back and betrayed him. Arrested, mocked in front of thousands, nailed to a cross, died unjustly for you and for me. Says Hebrews 4.15, For we have not in the high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. So when you get to the place where you start thinking that life is unfair, you've got a confidant. You've got someone that you can trust in. You've got somebody who knows what it's like to have things unfair. Jesus, go to him. Tell him all about it. Touch him with our infirmities. He knows what you're going through. He understands. He feels it. Can good come out of bad? Oh, yeah. You might think, be, be here thinking tonight, maybe you're listening over the internet, and thinking, my life has just been so unfair. I want to do a little exercise real quick. Remain in your seat. But I want you to close your eyes. Before you do, I got nobody. Nobody's pit-pocking you in here, okay? I don't have, you know, my kids running around rifling through your purses, ladies. It'll be okay. Close your eyes, and I want you to think about this. My life's unfair. Close your eyes, everybody together. For a moment, I want us to go back in time. A dusty place. Streets of Jerusalem. Imagine that you're just a beggar on the streets of the city there. And not only that you're a beggar, but you're blind from birth. You can hear voices all around you, but you have no idea what's going on. You hear some men chattering in the distance. What you didn't know is that it was Jesus and his disciples. The disciples posed the question, why is this man blind? Is it his sin or is it his parents' sin? And Jesus says, man didn't sin. He was blind from birth so that the works of God should be manifest in him in this moment. You hear some footsteps come closer. You hear somebody scoop up some dirt on the ground. 
you hear a, as Jesus spits into that dirt, you feel him reach up and put your, put, put, put his hands and put that mud on your eyes. And you hear him say, get up and go wash in the pool of Siloam. You find some help, get over there one way or another. You reach your hands into that cool water and splash it up on your face. Wipe all that dirt off your eyes and look up. And everybody open your eyes. You can see. You have sight that you never had. Why is life so unfair? Often, often, God can use that, that the glory of God might be revealed. We got to stop getting so self-focused on ourselves and start looking at what is God doing or what can God do through this event? He can take an unfair situation and turn it into something wonderful. It's going to bring glory and honor to Almighty God. I heard a sermon preached by Jack Hiles on Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And he preached it and kind of had a different spin on it. The sermon that he preached about it was that as Christians, we have the opportunity to take what God has given us and turn it into something good for his glory. What event and what circumstance have you had in your life that you think is unfair? Think about it. How can you take that event and use it for the glory of Almighty God? Oh my goodness, there's so many things. So little time to go there. Take the situation God's put you in that you don't think is just right and use it for His honor and for His glory. And you'll be amazed at what happens. Your response to the unjust circumstance, is crucial. Generally, there are three responses that people have when they feel like they've been treated unfair, that God's dealt them a bad hand of cards. First of all, they get angry at God. I mean, so many people that are genuinely, I'm talking about gritting their teeth, angry at God. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. God, let my mom die angry, upset. Not going to get you anywhere. Some, some accuse God. How could you do that? Again, we don't want to, I've been speaking on this in somewhat on Wednesday night, this past Wednesday night, we don't want to accuse God. Ooh, do not go down that road. Job learned from that. Abandon God is what many people do, like Elisha. Had a wonderful ministry. One of God's people. In the will of God, doing what God wanted him to do. Stands before Jezebel. Says some not easy things to say and Jezebel threatens to kill him. So he hightails it out and he runs away. Takes off. Abandons God. Abandons his mission. We have so many Christians that are like that, that God's given you a ministry. He's called you to do something. Maybe it's teach a Sunday school class, and you know that's what God wants you to do, but one way or another, you got offended about it. Somebody did something unjust to you, said some not nice words to you, discouraged you, and you quit out on God. 
Be like Elijah and get back in the game. Get over it. Get back in the fight. Do what's right just because you've been treated unjustly. Remember, our Savior was treated unjustly. He's our example. Let's be like him. The worst experience that we have in this life is not even close to what we actually deserve. Think about that with me. The worst experience that we have in this life is not even close to what we actually deserve. And so we must tread carefully when we start pointing the finger at God and saying, God didn't treat me the right way. Because if we all got what we, would, we deserved, where would we be tonight? We'd be in hell. When we think about it that way, and we think about the only thing we deserve is judgment and punishment because we're wicked, vile sinners, in view of a holy God, as we talked about this morning, falling short of the glory of God. When we think about what we actually deserve, it helps us focus and be even more thankful for the blessings that God gives us because it's only by the grace of God that we experience any joy, that we experience any peace, that we have any good thing in our life. It's only by God's grace he maybe allowed your child to live that long. By God's grace, he allowed you to have that much time with your significant other. He only allowed, he gave you that much time to be able to move around and participate in the activities that you're used to and have your mobility. We can have us a spell. We can rejoice and be thankful because anything that we get from God that's good is only by his grace and by his mercy. And lastly, lastly, we are looking forward to going back. Looking forward to going back. What do I mean by that? We are looking ahead in time to going back to the way it's supposed to be. For those of us that have had our sins forgiven, have been given eternal life, we are looking for something better than this sin-cursed world. We're looking to eternity. The timetable for it is this. Either we're going to experience death, the rapture is going to come, once that happens, the rapture comes, judgment seat of Christ, marriage supper of the Lamb, we come back to rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years, the millennial reign of Christ, wonderful. After that is the great white throne judgment when all uh, the sinners and unsaved folks stand before God and give an account for their own sins because they've rejected the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. God's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes, a new heaven and a new earth is going to be created, and we're going to dwell with God there. You see, God has never given up on his original plan. Say, what's heaven going to be like? It's going to be a lot like this, but without all the problems. It's not some figment maybe of our imagination. Sure, it's going to be beyond all of our wildest dreams, but most Bible scholars believe it's going to be very similar to this, but perfect the way God intended it, like back in the Garden of Eden. In the millennial reign of Christ, we're just going to get a little glimpse of that because the curse is going to be reversed back. Folks, we're looking forward to that. It's reality. We're not talking fiction here. This isn't just a movie. This is real life. Experiencing life the way God originally intended it without sin, where life is going to be fair. <laughs> 
It'll be a wonderful thing. Hey, I hope you don't miss it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for a few moments to look into your word. We know for many individuals, they can struggle with this idea of life being unfair, not getting what they think they deserve. Those of us born again, our eyes have been opened. We read the Bible. You've given us understanding. We see how it all works. We know that sin is the cause, and we know Christ is the cure. Someday we're looking forward to you making all wrongs right. We're looking forward to having every tear wiped away from our eye. No more sadness, no more pain, no more death, and no more separation from you or the ones we love. We thank you that you have made that hope a reality through Jesus Christ. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.